these things and say, okay, so here's what's happening here. So what is the Lord saying about this? But this is a reality. And this is it's very, it's very fitting today, family, that this is Father's Day. Because um, this is a crazy passage. And, and, I, and I had a crazy one. We had a crazy one last week uh, where uh, we saw God destroy um, some land and, and people and vegetation and destroyed all the people in Sodom and Gomorrah because of homosexual acts. Uh, and so then I get another hard one, and I keep not understanding why I don't give these to, like, David Crawford, people on our t- preaching team. I think he was on vacation on purpose so he wouldn't get this one. But, but, um, but here we are, okay? And before we go into this passage, I want you to understand something. I want you to be, this is a, I want you to be extremely solemn here because this is going to be a very, this is, this is a passage where I want to make sure that, that we're modeling Bible study methods well. Because there's not a lot of, there's, in, everywhere the gospel's everywhere. We're going to see that even today. But it's not one of those texts where, where an exegete, a person, a theologian myself can go and parse out all this theology. Uh, because it seems that God wants you just to have, it's almost like he's culminating and he's ending with us having a character study. But you've got to be careful with character studies because that's the way we do a Christianity today. Where the Bible gets pinned down to not about the story of God, but it becomes a book about Look at good people, look at bad people, be like good people. That's not the gospel. And that's not what we're called to do. Now, we can learn from people in the scriptures as long as we keep the gospel at the forefront, okay? So I want to make sure that, help me, help me do that. Help me model to you how to study the scriptures, even in a passage like this, where you don't leave thinking, I go to the Bible and get my little, my little morsel for the day, and you sort of, and we can sort of, and excuse me, we can sort of pimp the Bible, right? Let me get mine. Okay, that's not what this is about. But at the same time, God does want us, you know, the, the Israelites, what they, what they were supposed to get out of this passage, and in us being on this side of the crucifixion and resurrection, what we can get out of this passage, there are some nuanced differences, and we're going to see that today, okay, family? But I want you to be with me. We're going to talk a little character, but I'm going to, I'm going to continue to be schizophrenic here to show you, like, here's the meaning of the text, here's some things we can learn, but here's the meaning of the text, but here's some things we can learn. Make sense? Just want to set the ground rules real quick. Okay. Ground rules set. Uh, if you're new, again, no cultural faux pas for you to ask a question. We just ask that it blesses the body. If it's some real drama, uh, you can come up to me afterwards. Uh, but, yeah, I just want to let you know, please ask questions because we want people to really learn more. So I wanted to show you guys something. Here's some presents I got today from Father's Day. So this is from Lauren, my two-and-a-half-year-old. And I think Sarah said, look, I'm tired of these crazy drawings, so she gave him stickers. Um, so they did stickers today, okay? And so uh, this is just, yeah, I don't know what to call it. Um, it's just a nice little cute little dog. And, and, and you'll get this. I know you're thinking, really going to keep that? When, you, when you're dad, you'll totally get this. You'll, you'll totally keep all these things. Um, so I absolutely love it, even though I have no clue what it is. And, um, and this is from, uh, let me see, I can t- oh, I can just tell you when I look at it. This is from, this is from Joel. Uh, he has a little more artistic Journey. He has a cooler journey in the art, art world than Connor. Connor's our little. I'm just keeping it real, you know. Like I love him to death, both of them. But Connor, like, like he likes dirt and stuff, you know. And like, dirt just just sticks to him. And he just, you know, he was a guy when he was a little baby. You know, you go outside and he's eating the dirt, like literally. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about. You you don't think it's gonna be your kid, but it will. And he'll literally have a bunch of dirt in his mouth, and he's swallowing the dirt. And I'm like, oh my goodness. So, oh, and if you know me, you know how horrible that was. So. This is, this is Joel's, and he, and he just did like a little, you know, he wanted to do a little corner action. And I'm sure what happened was Connor, oh, there's Connor's. Um, and then Connor, he does more abstract art. He's just awesome like that. 
the little flag action, you know. And they all just, you know, gave this to Daddy for, for Father's Day. So I just want to show you guys this. And um, the reason I want to show you that, because, I mean, you know, so I love my kids to death. And, and I, I, it seems to me that this passage made me just want to ask the question, like, man, so many questions. How, how are we going to finish? How are we going to live our lives? Right? And then how are we going to raise our kids? How are you going to raise your kids? How intentional will you be with your kids? Will you share the gospel with your kids? Will you continually model the gospel to your kids? Who do you want your kids to marry? You know, it's funny, my, my, my little girl, I'll say, who are you going to marry? And I train her to say, you, daddy. You know? And so I wanted, at first, you know, because she didn't have all the wherewithal, she's two. First it was like, you, daddy, but now I'm changing it. I want her first get a picture. I want you, I know I'm messed up. I know y'all going, really? You crazy too. I know. But I want her to get a picture of somebody who, at, at the end of the day, has all kind of stuff going on in his life, but loves Jesus and will die for you. Will sacrificially give their life to you every day. I want you, so now I'm changing it to like, so now you get you, daddy. Now I'm going, I want you, I say, so who, who do you want to marry, sweetie? And I want her to say, someone like you, daddy. So now I'm changing the nuance a little bit. So she gets someone like you. Well, who is that? I'm going to change it a little more. She gets a little older. Someone who deeply loves the Lord, who's, who's, who's trusting their Savior and fighting sin, and someone who will sacrificially give their life to me daily. Why does that matter? Is that really important? Does that really matter? Let's look at this text here. Very sad text. Man, what a, what a, I just think what a sad story Lot's story is. I really do. Man, what a sad story. Check this story out. Now, Lot, man, this brother, he, <laughs> seriously, okay, seriously. The, the Genesis has been grace, 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 right? Because every time we're so messed up, it's, it's bad guys and Jesus, and then we see God's grace. We should leave here, and I think sometimes we leave here and it's kind of heaven. We're like, man, you, we should really leave here serious about the reality of sin. I mean, you should, we should have joy because of the tr- I mean, we get Jesus. Look at the story here. It starts off, okay, now what's happened before here? Lot has just um, been saved by God. God has destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember what Lot did? He says, I'm going to save you, Lot. I'm going to save you and your daughters and your wife because I made a promise to Abram, Abraham, basically. Uh, Lot's wife starts to look back. She regrets. She dies, which uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. So is she a believer or not? So she's dead, okay? Then Lot has absolutely no, no voice, right? He has no moral compass, no moral high ground. And this nut says, okay, God, I know you're going to save me, but don't send me to the mountains. Remember that? He starts requesting stuff, which I just think is the funniest thing ever. He says, no, send me to Zor, right? And God, and God being super gracious, says, okay, I'll send you to Zor. Just hurry up because I need to, I need to handle this business right quick, okay? I need to, I need to, I need to fulfill my justice here. So now we enter into this reality right here. Here we are. Lot and his two daughters left Zor and settled into the mountains. <laughs> Do you see that? For he was afraid to stay in Zor. He and his two daughters lived 
in a cave. Okay. All right, y'all. Can y'all help me understand this? So this man, politics to God about what, you know, don't put me there. Send me to this small town so I can still, you know, I'll, I'll be okay in this small town. And then he, God does it. He leaves Zor and lives in a cave. Now, why does he do that? Why does, right? Why, why would you go and leave a place and go live in a cave? These are, these are questions you want to ask yourself as you're looking at the scriptures, right? You need to be, we ask, learn and train yourself to ask good questions. I don't know the answers, but was someone chasing him? Was he fearing some people? Were they just his file? And so he thought, well, I'm just going to get out of here. Like, what was the issue is the question. Who knows? What we do know is that God blesses him again, puts him in a place, and then he decides out of fear he wants to do his own thing, right? Because he was afraid to stay in Zor. So... It seems to me, yet again, based off of fear, he makes a decision on his own, which I would propose to you. We're going to even see the, see the uh, results of that. So we see again Lot messing up. Okay, we're on the same page so far? Okay, he makes a decision based on fear. Now, now this is what, this is what we, see, we saw earlier. This is, this is God. He said to him, very well, I will grant this request to you. I will not overthrow the town you speak of. This is, the, this is when he, 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 he pleaded to God. God says, I will bless you. Um, I told you to bring that dilly, so can you keep going? It says, one day, the older daughter, so they're in a cave, all right, they're in a cave. The older daughter said to the younger, our father is old and there is no man around here to lie with us, as is a custom all over the earth. Okay, so two, so two quick things. Let's look at Lot's life. Imagine his life now. How did we start off this journey? We started off with Lot. Uh, being down with Abraham, getting riches, but being, but being stupid, right? And he focused in on, on what he thought he saw as could be a financial gain for him. And so what he does, he says, I'll take this place, I'll take this land. He basically takes, you know, the Sodom area and that whole area. And then Lot takes the other land, remember? You guys remember the text? Okay. So, so he's out, out of greed, does that. But what we do realize is that at that point, he's rich. He has all kind of stuff. Right. He has land. We entered into the text last week. We see he is um, a power broker in the community. He's sitting at the gate. He lets people come in and out as he desires because he's running things. OK. But now we enter into a point. We get from there to he's broke in a cave with his daughters. Wife's dead. Uh, the, the, the daughters were engaged to be married. Those guys, dead. Why are they dead? I will propose to you, they're perverts, probably part of the group, and when they laugh, it showed, their, it showed that they had no faith, God killed them too. Why is the mom dead? I propose that she was a sodomite, so, so he's in this town, he doesn't marry someone with the same mind, he marries a sodomite, so that's why she's regretting, she looks back, she's dead, she's not a believer as well. So here's a question. So here's where I'm, I'm meddling a little bit. Now, that's just the theology. I'm just meddling. But it made me want to ask the question, like, man, it matters who you marry. Like, wow. Like, does, it, does that matter? See, I, I counsel people, and I tell you this all the time. I counsel people, and the saddest thing is when I'm with a man or a woman, and they've married someone, 
And at the end of the day, they just made a bad decision. And so now we have to figure out, I don't know how God's going to redeem this, because you chose wisely. You chose someone who did not have the one mind, right? You, we get into marriages, and instead of what I call, we start doing, we try to do architectural work or engineering work in, man, in, in marriage versus decoration work. Like we try and get into marriages and then decide, you know, how we're going to raise our kids godly, you know, if we're going to love Jesus or not. Um, are you going to submit to me as a leader? We get marriages. We marry some. We marry a woman, and you don't even know if she if she under, if she's down with your mindset and biblical submission. And then you get into marriage, and she's not. And now look at you guys. You got a woman here who's going to do what she wants to do, and then you're frustrated. And look look where you're at. Right. So so I'm just asking you. Like, have you have you thought through when you're when you're choosing someone? Like, are you grafting yourself and understanding where you are biblically? Are you understanding what you believe about gender roles? Are you serious? Are you understanding where, like, how, what kind of missional call you want to be about? Where are you going to trust the Lord? If you're willing to go anywhere and she's not, or you as a woman are willing to go anywhere and he's not, that's not oneness. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's just me meddling. That's just me. I didn't text. Just made me wonder, man, how many times do I enter into relationships and see people who are with people and they're not one? Very important. Very important. This is very interesting how he started off here. Notice here. So now you have these women, his daughters, first mar- they were going to be married to some men who were a part of Sodom which is hilarious to me. So they're in Sodom with all these guys who are practicing homosexual relations, which makes me believe that when you look at the text, like all the men were there, that they, I wonder if they had been dabbling in that as well. I wonder. That's just me wondering. But look at these guys. They are now saying, hey, I want to have sex because that's just what we do on earth. You see that? So they're taking their cues from culture and not from the Lord. So they're saying, well, this is what everybody does. So, man, I need to hurry up and get my car. I need to be having sex because that's what people do here. And so notice who has authority, not the parents, but the culture. And haven't you seen that, family? Haven't you seen that when, uh, and I've seen this a lot in my, in my, in my life, when you're, when you're with friends or you're younger, and there's always that one parent that's real cool because they get drunk with their kids, or they, or they hang out with the kids, and everyone thinks, oh, he's so cool. She's so cool because she's drinking with the kids. And, and, then, and then the apologetic of the parents is like, well, I'd rather have them do this in my house than out in the street. How stupid. You guys, have, have you ever seen that? Have you ever heard that? We've all seen that parent, right? And they come off like, oh, they're so cool. I'd rather have them, you know, get AIDS in my house. I'd rather have them, you know, get an STD in my home versus on the street somewhere. Really? I'd rather have them grow up and become an alcoholic in my home. Really? That's God-centered parenting. Look at this. Custom all over the place. He says, I love this one. Let's get our father to drink wine and then lie with him and preserve our family line through our father. So they, you know, people can look at this wall. Is it really the, the, the girl's fault? Is it whose fault? It seems like the girl's fault. It's not really Lot's fault. I mean, some commentators will try to play the women as, you know, 
uh, well, they, they, they were mean, but, you know, lie, you know, he just, he was hanging out and they took advantage of him. Can I ask a question? Why is he getting drunk with his daughters? Why is he getting wasted? Here's the, here's the funny thing, too. Nate, go ahead, buddy. Sure, buddy. Amen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, you're right, bro. Isn't it crazy? No, to your point, it's even like, it seems the text is saying, it's almost like he didn't even know he had sex. It seems like he was that drunk. She was she. They got he got up thinking, oh man, well, just got a little tipsy with my, with my girls, and they're pregnant. We'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. But I totally agree. So 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 notice something. So 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 lot. And and I, and I want to propose to you when when you look at a text, one thing you need to always see when you're reading the scriptures, notice that the daughters are never mentioned. That's important because what the what the what the authors are saying is they're foul. But I want you to focus on Lot. The, the, the author is saying, this, look at his life. Look at how he finished. Look at what he did. Look at how he finishes the race. He's sitting there, and I love the fact he's, he's broke. He's in a cave. What are you doing with wine? So what? you telling me, really? You let, I'm gonna, i got to leave Zor. I'm scared, but grab the wine. Is this bizarre? But guys, I'm, 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 trying, I'm making light of that, but it breaks my heart because, guys, you guys know in our community, absentee dads is killing us. And I'm trying to ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, what do I say? How do we live? How do we model for men in our body, for you all who are here, for you all who do not have kids, for you all who are going to be committed here, and for those of you who are now indigenous, cats like, you know, my boy Marv and Ray, how do we now... Live a life that's honorable to the Lord so our kids can have a clear view of the gospel. And how do we prophetically talk about this and encourage and challenge men in our community to be dads? Like, I really struggle with this. Because I don't know if we see the urgency. Look, this is what happens when you have an absentee dad who's a straight punk. The reality in Scripture, Second Peter says, he knew what was right and wrong. He was even grieved, the Scriptures say. But he did absolutely nothing. That means he didn't share the gospel. I tell you guys, I mean, my family, they don't know Jesus, so I haven't experienced this personally. But I've looked at my wife's family, and I'm amazed. It blows me away. Huge spiritual lineage. Her, her granddad, I mean, her, uh, her, great, her great-granddad traveled with Billy Sunday and all this weird stuff. And, like, I mean, just sharing the gospel, evangelist. Her grandfather's just an awesome man of God. But then something happened. You know, we, get, we, we make excuses. Well, it's the culture. Well, the granddad, you know, just really didn't communicate a lot with the kids. Well, it's just our culture. In our culture, we're just, we're just quiet. And, we'll, and we'll, 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 we'll blame the culture for our sin. And all of a sudden, you know, one of, one of the uncles, he's, he's a missionary now. He's awesome. But he had to get so much counseling for the baggage he had with his dad. While he, was, he went to the field the first year, they took him off the field. Because he was so messed up. My wife, by God's grace, walked with the Lord. But you look at her, her, her aunts and uncles now. 
they didn't share the gospel at all with the kids. You just go to church. It kind of got diluted and diluted and diluted. And now, you know, my, 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 um, my wife's sister practicing homosexual. You know, I mean, we just don't know who's a believer, who's not in the family now. Guys, God is gracious. He saves whom he wants. But there's something that the Bible's showing us that it does matter how we live our lives. I don't know how to put it all together. I'm, I'm about God is sovereign. He will do anything, anytime. And he will take an unredemptive scenario and redeem it because he's good. But then he says, at the very same time, I'm giving you a stewardship. I want you to raise people in Christ. I want you to tell them about the gospel. I want you to model the gospel. I want you to show them that you're not all together, but you love Jesus. And I'll use that to see a spiritual lineage. There's something to that. And guys, we have to stand up right now as men. And I'm just talking to the men right now. I know, ladies, you're culpable too. You got your stuff. But guys, because we're not leading I propose because we're not leading, this community is in decay. Some of you right now are upperly mobile, and you have an opportunity to be a father in this community. You have an opportunity to come here and say, okay, there's no dads. Well, I'll come and I'll model that. And I want to ask you to really consider that and step up. I want to ask you to really consider to be intentional and say, I could be here and I can model that to people. And you know what? You won't get the accolades and people won't know anything about it. And it'll be hard. But I want to tell you, just don't wimp out and say, I know it's hard, but I'm going to go over here and I'm going to try and live a comfortable lifestyle because that's just too dang hard. Don't let that be an excuse, please. Not even aware of it. Totally unaware. The next day, the older daughter said to the younger you know, that's, that's another issue, how you talk about influence. So the older daughter is perpetuating all this. You notice that. Says the younger, last night I lay with my father. Let's get him to drink wine again tonight. And you go in and lie. And you would think like, with him so we can preserve our family line through our father. So a worldly way of trying to see, provide a godly means, right? They want to, they want to have a, a, a line. Let's see what line they get, Okay. So they want to have a family line, okay? And they go and do it again. Now you would think, you think Lot would go, man, guys, I got kind of drunk, you know, hitting that sangria all night. That's my favorite drink. So um, it takes a while to get drunk off sangria, though. It's like, it's like growing up fruit juice. But, um, but anyway, after a couple gallons, you know, it's really messed up. So I'm not going to be drinking with y'all anyway. That was just crazy. You would think there'd be some sense of repentance. You know, the next night, you would think they'll wait two weeks, you know, so you forget about it. <laughs> it's just the next day, this brother gets drunk again with his daughters to the point he didn't even know he was going to have sex. Again, he was not aware of it when she laid down or when she got up. So both Lot's daughters became pregnant by their father. Now, let me ask you a question. I looked at these, you know, who... Any dads here? Raise your hand. Keep your hand up. Okay, let me ask you some dads. Somebody, I'm just trying to keep it real. Keep it personal. When you looked at your, you got daughters, some sons. Think about these two stories. Think about the beginning, them having sex with men, men having sex with men and boys, little boys. Keep your hands up, dads. Men having sex, 
You want to be a dad? Does any guys want to be dads? Raise your hand if you want to be a dad. Think about this. Keep your hands up, dads. I'm serious. Do you ever look at Clayton? And did you ever think you would have sex with Clayton one day? Do you ever think that he said, looked at his little girl and said, you know what? I'm going to have sex with her. How did he get to that point? Please put your hands down. How did he get to that point? You ever think of that? When I look at my baby girl, draw my little picture, do you think I go, you think he ever said, oh, you know, one day I'm going to be having sex with Lauren. It breaks my heart. How do you get to that point? You don't think you can get to that point? You don't understand sin. How do you get all these old men, these 50-year-old men staring at 16-year-old girls? It's rampant. It's normal. How do you get men who right now, they have daughters and then they become voluptuous and they're 14 and 15 and they can't even kiss their own daughter because they're scared they're going to be attracted to her? How does it get to that point? I think we laugh because I think we know it's in us. I'm telling you, you better watch out. God will expose that stuff and you'll be that guy, 50 years old and you're a freaking pervert. I'm sorry. Our community needs men to model the gospel. And this is not somewhere far. There's crazier things than this happening right now in our hood. Don't you get it, family? How does that happen? It humbles me. Old men watching boys in pornography. Your computer's filled with porn. And then you think you can watch porn and do these things, and then in 30 years, you not be a pervert. And you're not doing things that are drastically even crazier than you ever imagined. The scriptures are imploring us and saying, please repent. Deal with the reality. That's the tenor. You know what the tenor of this is? Notice something. Verse 37, the older daughter had a son, and she named him Moab. He is the father of Moabites today. Notice something, family. First thing, what's her line? Her line now, she has a line, but guess her line brings havoc upon the church throughout its history. The Moabites and the Ammonites are serious enemies of the people of God all throughout the scriptures. That's her line. That's how Lot went out. That's his legacy. That's how he went out. Notice something else, family, from the scriptures. This is the last time you hear about Lot. Until 2 Peter. That breaks my heart. This is it. This is how he goes out. This is the last story. Hey, what's your last story, Lot? Um, slept with my girls. Had sex with my daughters. Start a family line that just tried to bring destruction upon Israel. That's how he went out, family. There has to be something we're supposed to learn from this. Guys, I think, you know I say this all the time, I think we have the, the, the most awesome body I've ever experienced. I absolutely love you guys. 
I want us together as a family to covenant, men especially, we got to fight together. And we have to fight sin, and we need to trust our Savior, and we need to be courageous in a community where the men are absent. You hear me, Ray, bro? We got to fight. We have to learn how to share the gospel, how to engage our culture, how to hold each other accountable. Ladies, you need to back us up. We're weak. We're insecure. We need you to encourage our hearts. Where the men go, the community will go. That has no knock on the women. You are awesome. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. You see it all throughout. All right. So you go, man, where's the hope? That's how you go out, right? Because see, here's the thing. There's three kinds of people right now, guys. In our, in our body, there are some of us who have destroyed our lives, okay? And then there's some of us who are experiencing redemption, and there's some of us who are in the point where, where sin is good, the consequence of sin is going to eventually lead to death. Where's the hope? See, that, that is the beauty of the good news. Notice what happens here. Story in itself, the author wants you to bring, come bring us to a point where the story in itself is like, whoa, let me check myself. And so the Israelites, as they're walking through and living redemptive history, they're probably reminding themselves, don't be like Lot. <laughs> wow, look what happened to his brother. He didn't trust the promises of God. Look at Abraham. He did. I'm sure that was a tenor. I'm sure the tenor was be a man of faith, trust the Lord, right? We, 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 we rehearsed that a lot. But we are now we experience Jesus and, and the death and the resurrection, right? The resurrection of our murdered Savior. So what is God trying to show us in addition? I think there's something else he's trying to show us. See, he's trying to show you and me that in the gospel, there is hope. See, notice something. The story ends. You got Moab, you got Ammon. But guess what? Who... Did Boaz marry? See, what happens is time goes on, and there's this little little woman named Ruth. Okay? And then she meets this cool brother named Boaz. Right? And then she says, I'm a Moabite woman, but guess what? I believe you're God, and I want, I want to serve your God. I want to do what you want to do. I want to be where you're going to go. He found a good wife. He found oneness. Someone who is serious. See, and, 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 can I pause? Please dispel the myth like, oh, no, I, all I need is to find a Christian. No, 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 no. See, because the Bible doesn't teach that. We, Lot was a Christian, and he totally wasted his life. Don't you think there could have been another story where he could have shared his faith, led people to Jesus, could have, could have been a model to his kids? There could have been another story. It wasn't. 
But in the midst of his journey and his brokenness, you have this Moabite woman, Ruth, who marries Boaz. And then guess what the scriptures say? It says, it says, Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. So basically, she becomes, look at that, she becomes the, the great, great grandmother of King David. You see that? A Moabite. You see that? A Moabite who, imagine that. Continue on. Thus there were 14, I have dot, 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 because you go down to verse 17. Thus there were 14 generations in all, from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile of Babylon, and 14 from the exile to Jesus. So you have, from the line of David comes the Savior of the world. So are you telling me that God saw it fit to make the Savior of the world to come from a Moabite who came from an ancestral relationship? The king of the universe comes from a relationship where the dad has sex with his daughters. He who knew no sin came from that. Do you see that? Why does the author do that? Because he wants you and me to have hope. To know that everyone in this room, no matter how messed up your life is, no matter where you are in your journey, you can have hope, but only in the risen Savior of Jesus Christ. Only in Christ. He says that you have an opportunity now to have a new daddy, to have a new start. You can start today fresh. You don't have to live your old past of prostitution, of drug dealing, of passivity. If you are a punk here and you're a wimpy man, you don't have to always be a wimpy man. If you're a bully, you don't have to be a bully. If you worship material possessions, you can cast down those idols today. That in Christ, we have hope. That's the beauty of the gospel. The way this community is going to change by God's grace, the way that, and not in the sense that when I say that, I've got to be careful to, to choose my words. I'm not saying we're going to walk in one day and there's going to be like three Starbucks and everybody sharing gospel in the Starbucks. And, you know, I don't really care about that because I don't see the Lord caring about that. The Lord is saying, when I say, I'm saying that community change, that, we had, that God builds an arsenal of people who clearly tells Jesus' story consistently in this community. That's what, I'm, that's, that's what Mac Ave's talking about, just for clarity. So when you don't see all these new buildings in three years, you ain't mad. Because that's not our goal. Right? Our goal is to continue to see more people who get the gospel, who want to love Christ, who experience grace motivation in their life, want to live in an intentional community, come together to tell the world Jesus reigns consistently. Right, family? That's what we're doing. I know it's not sexy, but we know it's biblical. We can do that. That's what we're called to do. That's what we need to do as men. That's the beauty of the gospel. Make your life count, family. Continue on, please. It seems really clear. What the scriptures do is they bring us to a point of saying, Lord, am I a man who's confessing? Do I understand my sin? Am I confessing my sin? Right? Am I trusting my Savior by repenting? Right? Am I repenting? Am I responding? Am I, am I stepping up and saying, now nah, I can live a life filled by the power of the Holy Spirit? That's the beauty. Make our lives count, man. 
Amen. Continue on, please. So what I want to do is I want to bring, um, real quick, before we begin anything else, I want all the men in the room to stand up, please. All right, I would, I would like all the men to come down here right now and, and line up on the stage, please. Up on the stage, thank you. Please come, second row, please. What I, what I love about our covenant community is it seems to me that God is raising up our men. See, what I want to do is I'm going to take a time for everybody to repent. If you are sitting here right now and you're thinking this is weird and phony, you've already messed up and missed it. You've already missed it. What I would like for the women to do, I would love for you right now to pray for your covenant community men here. Pray for us right now. Pray out loud. Ask God to do something in us that we can't do in ourselves. Do you know, if we were to really be honest and unfold lives here, there's men in here who are super addicted to pornography. There's men in here right now, there's young men who came on URC, and there's a duplicative lifestyle, and you're nervous that someone's going to find out that you're addicted to masturbation. Some of us right now are cultivating perverted lives. Some of us are, have grabbed hold of materialism, and it's our God. Some of us are so arrogant that God is never going to use us. And some of you just don't know the gospel. And you don't, you're not even experiencing true life. You're living life, and your life is totally, the Bible says, fake and worthless, and your works are dirty rags, and you're evil and abhorrent to God, and you're his enemy. We absolutely need you. May you pray for us. As the Lord leads, please. Kristen, can you close us at the end? Yes, Lord. I pray that that you would be um, communicating with these men 
Mm-hmm. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Praise God. Yes, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God.
Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. 
Praise God. Thank you, ladies. Thank you so much. It's a true honor to have our, our ladies pray for us. And uh, if, you are, if you have kids and if you are a person who wants to be a dad, uh, we need, the, the, the author wants us to take seriously the text um, in the reality of lineage, patriarchy, 